one episode simply wasn't enough to break down everything that's been going on around the Grizzlies. So guess what? We're going to recap the game. We're going to recap that ugly loss, but we're going to talk about this traded player exception that the Grizzlies picked up. We're going to break down this pick swap straight. We might talk about Josh Christopher a little bit. Just stay tuned right here, right now, coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. Today is my last full day uh, in Las Vegas. I'm getting out of here. Uh, I, I got I to gotta catch this flight and, and get up out of here. Vegas has done its number on me. Uh, these people stay up around here, and, and my, body, my body is saying, ship me back to Memphis. But... I uh, want to appreciate you guys for tuning in today to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you continue to tune in everywhere. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you listen or watch your podcast, Locked On Grizzlies is there. Make sure you continue to rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff as well. So we got a lot to break down, as I alluded to at the top of the show. So much happened over the weekend. So much has happened around the Grizzlies in the last three days. The 30 minutes of the first show was just not enough, but... That's what we got five episodes a week for. We can kind of spread this out a little bit, break this down, because none of this is going to change uh, necessarily real soon. But uh, today's show, we're going to talk about this traded player exception that the Grizzlies picked up in this Dylan Brooks signing trade, a trade that became official over the weekend. Uh, we're going to break down this game between the, the Grizzlies and the Cavaliers on yesterday. Grizzlies suffered an ugly loss uh, in that game. A lot to break down from that one. And then we're going to break down uh, that pick swap trade, which is going to be very confusing. I'm going to repeat myself a couple times, so just stick with me, bear with me, and, and we'll get through it together. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun show today. Again, uh, no Joe Monax. My, my guy's out uh, pretty much for the rest of this week. He might pop up. You never know with Joe. He might pop up one day this week out of nowhere and surprise me and surprise you, but uh, not expecting Joe to be uh, here this week. He's so getting some well-deserved vacation time uh, with the fam. But let's jump into it because one of the more interesting things that happened over the weekend was the Grizzlies getting involved with a five-team, five-team sign-and-trade deal uh, that involved Dylan Brooks leaving the Grizzlies, going to Houston and signing that mega deal that he signed, and Josh Christopher, Houston Rockets guard, young Houston Rockets guard, uh, 2021 draft, uh, same year as Zion Williams, being shipped to the Grizzlies. First round pick in that draft as well. I think he was 24th pick. Uh, being shipped to the Grizzlies. And you might have wondered, what did the Grizzlies get out of that? Because that's going to be a theme as we talk about uh, these two trades that we're going to break down. What do both teams, what, what comes of this? Why did the Grizzlies want to get involved? Well, I've kind of alluded to it for a while. Uh, the Grizzlies have been very, very, very open to the idea of a signing trade with Dylan Brooks. That's why, if you go back, remember that report that came out from the Athletic where uh, it said the Grizzlies didn't want 
Dylan Brooks back under any circumstances and that whole situation. Uh, I'm just going to say it like this. A lot of people in Memphis weren't happy. A lot of people who have influence in Memphis were not happy uh, when that report came out because there was kind of some thought that that could end up hurting their chances of securing a sign and trade because now it shows that you don't really value Dylan Brooks like some teams may have believed you valued him or whatever the case may be. But anyways, uh, all that's just to say it ended up working out. You know, it ended up working out. The Grizzlies got involved in this sign and trade. And the Grizzlies' biggest benefit for this sign and trade depends on on what you value the most. Uh, they got two things out of this. They got Josh Christopher, a young guard, still has some potential. I mean, I'm talking averages more than 20 points per game in the G League. We're going to – we're going to break down more on Josh Christopher in a future episode of Locked On Grizzlies, so I don't, I don't want to uh, belabor that point. But then the Grizzlies pick up a traded player exception. And this is where things get interesting in terms of the traded player exception. What does it mean? Uh, how do you use it? What do you do with it? So many questions uh, can, can, can come up when you're talking about a traded player exception. Now, uh, basically, the thing with a traded player exception is uh, teams in signing trades, again, the Grizzlies shipped out Dylan Brooks, his salary contract. Uh, you can pick up a traded player exception, and what that traded player exception allows you to do is whatever the salary of that exception is, you can go out and make a trade for a player, use that exception, let's say, and I'm just going to throw some numbers out. We're going to get to the numbers of this exact TPE in a second, but I just want to roughly throw some numbers out just so this makes sense uh, to people who probably don't understand what a traded player exception is. The Grizzlies gained a traded player exception by trading away Dylan Brooks in a signing trade. And basically, with that TPE, the Grizzlies can go out, let's say it's a $9 million trade player exception. They can go out and say, hey, this guy's making $8.6 million for the Jazz. Uh, let's go acquire that player, and you do not have to send out matching salaries. You don't have to say, oh, we have to trade Zaire Williams. We have to trade, you know, uh, John Conchar or whoever, whatever the case may be. You can simply say cash considerations, or you could throw a pick, or you can throw a player with a small salary or, or just unload a contract that you want to unload. Uh, it can be very simple because the traded player exception is designed to kind of eat that salary for you. So that's the benefit of it. Now getting into this particular, I know there have been some, you know, misconceptions about the numbers out there. Part of that is, you know, on, on my part as well. Uh, I did, you know, early this week in a story, I, I was estimating uh, the numbers and, and I threw out a pretty large number. That's not, you know, a good indicator of what this trade player exception will be for the Grizzlies. So, that you know, I do apologize for that. Uh, because at the end of the day, this is where that number came from, and this is more of what the real what the real number will look like. I'm going to just read uh, the current collective bargaining agreement as it talks about the player uh, exception, and then I'll break it down. So it says, subject to the rules, it's talking about a standard player exception here. Subject to the rules set forth in, okay, section 2E above, 
A team may use the standard traded player exception to, to replace one traded player with one or more replacing players whose player contracts are acquired simultaneously or non-simultaneously and whose post-assignment salaries for the salary cap year in which the replacement players are required in the aggregate are no more than the amount to 100% of the pre-trade salary of the traded player plus $250,000 provided that any player contract acquired non-simultaneously pursuant to this exception must be acquired within one year following the date on which the traded player was traded. I just said a lot, but the only thing that you as a Grizzlies fan really need to zero in on that is that no more than the amount equal to 100% of the pre-trade salary of the player. Dylan Brooks' pre-trade salary was a little bit more than $11 million. This is where some of the misconceptions came because uh, when the Houston Rockets' first initial contract uh, came out, uh, you saw four years, $80 million, uh, being roughed around, which is where I kind of, you know, threw out the estimate that the play, the, the TPE could create, you know, could be up to $20 million, uh, for the Grizzlies. But that won't be the case because if you remember the last collective bargaining agreement, one of the biggest traded player exceptions we've ever seen was the Gordon Hayward traded player exception. Gordon Hayward's trade player exception was huge because he signed a mega deal, uh, I think, for around $28 million a year going from Boston, a signing trade from Boston to Charlotte. And that deal, that signing trade, was pretty much the the same amount as the traded player exception that Boston picked up. So Hayward's outgoing salary, uh, not his pre-trade salary, his outgoing salary allowed uh, the Celtics to pick up a massive trade exception at that time. So I use that one for reference. But at the end, as is as it outlined in the in the newest collective bargaining agreement, the pre-trade salary is what matters here, which means the Grizzlies around eleven million dollars right 11.4 million is is roughly what dylan brooks's pre-trade salary was and then you got to factor in the contracts that were moved in this deal uh in particular you had josh christopher josh christopher's contract and then i believe isaiah todd who the grizzlies acquired as well his contract will also uh be involved in this uh, deal as well so just looking at those two players contracts uh isaiah todd Contract is worth about $1.7 million uh, per season right now. So you factor that in and you kind of just subtract that uh, from the situation as well. And then you do Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher, again, this is a guy who was a first-round pick. So you're not talking about a cheap contract here. You're talking about a guy who has a, who has an average salary of close to $3 million. So you'd say $2.8 million there. Then you got about 1.7 million average annual salary for Todd. Put those two together. That's about four and a half million dollars. Again, this is rough estimates right here. And you take about four and a half from about 11 and a half. That gets you about seven million. So rough estimate. Again, rough estimate. The Grizzlies are looking at a traded player exception of around seven million dollars. Uh, so now that we got that out the way. Later on down the road, and I'm going to wait to do this because I want Joe to be here when we do it. Uh, the Grizzlies now have $7 million trade player exception. And as I just said, they have about up to a year uh, to take advantage of it. Some teams don't use it. Some teams do use it. But 
at the end of the day, the Grizzlies can go out and get a contract of up to $7 million, and they won't have to send a salary out to match uh, that deal if they don't choose to do that. So uh, basically that trade, very small. You know, the Grizzlies were going to give away Dylan Brooks uh, in free agency, uh, with, you know, regardless. But they picked up something valuable in the case. They got a trade player exception, and you took a flyer on a guy, Josh Christopher, who we'll see. But we're going to talk more about him later, uh, and we'll see what he brings to the table for the Grizzlies. Speaking of what these guys are bringing, young guys bringing it to the table uh, for the Grizzlies, coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies, we're going to talk about uh, this last game against the Cavaliers. It was an ugly loss, but we're not focusing on the results. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, we got to talk to you about Ibotta because, look, you finally taking that summer vacation because my vacation is coming up. Joe's taking his vacation right now. So you finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning, but you're dreading buying all of these necessities, right? You got to buy this. You got to buy that. Uh, it's time to stop spending your hard earned money without getting anything in return. And that's what Ibotta is here for. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce personal care, pantry goods, and you can make sure you're beating the inflation no matter what you're purchasing. All you, you either link your loyalty account or you can upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that simple. And look, the average Ibotta user earns up to $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. I know, look, $120, I'm just one person. That can get me by. Or you could just use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, right? Or that game that you're dying to get. 2K's coming out soon. Uh, Madden's coming out soon. Or you can just go get that fancy day, fancy dinner if you want to just uh, please yourself. But either way it goes, you can get hundreds back in online brands and retailers too, all through Ibotta. And I'm talking through Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora. All you got to do is Best, Best Buy and even more. All you got to do right now, Ibotta is offering listeners $5. $5 for just trying Ibotta using the code LOCKED when you register. So just go to the App Store right now. Download the free Ibotta app. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. Go download the app and put in the code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D right now. Coming up next on Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to break down the game uh, from the Grizzlies versus the Cavaliers. It wasn't pretty, but we got to talk about it. Stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, getting ready to end my trip in Vegas. Had a good time out here. Got a really a lot of good intel uh, that I'm going to share with you guys over the course of the next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that as well as we break down uh, what we learned, the sights and the sounds and everything uh, from Vegas Summer League. But now we got to talk about the most recent game here and that was against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Grizzlies lost this game, so their first loss in Vegas, and it was ugly. It was a 100 to 77 loss. And at the end of the day, ugly loss, but I've told you guys time and time again, this isn't about results, this is more about the process. I know it sounds probably cliche and sounds like I'm I'm being coached to Michael over here or whatever, but I talked to, you know, coach after the game, Vitaly Potapinko. Uh, we talked to David Roddy and and whatnot, and neither of them really sounded happy. You know, they weren't happy after the game, so to speak. But that's because they want to win. 
I think you as the fan, who cares if they win right now? I mean, I, I get it from their perspective. They, they're competitors. You want to win. You're not playing just to lose. But for the fan, I think there were a lot of things, especially on offense. There were a lot of defensive breakdowns, so we, we can get to that later. But offensively, I think there were a lot of things that were impressive, actually, to me in this game. And I want to start with David Roddy. Because uh, David Roddy, in a way, it's he has a he has a Zaire Williams thing. Uh, and the Zaire Williams thing is everyone knows I've talked about this a lot. Zaire Williams is a great mid-range shooter. When the Grizzlies allow him to be that guy, he gets to those spots. You see Zaire Williams playing his best basketball. Guess what? David Roddy is a guy we call big body Roddy. But if you go back to last season. You saw big body Roddy taking long-range three-point shots uh, equivalent to guys 170, 180 pounds in the league. No, Roddy is 6'4", 6'5", 250 pounds with these big, broad shoulders. Like, get downhill and abuse these matchups. He has the ability to do that. And guess what? I think that's going to be a key to his his evolution as a player going forward he can't just be a corner man his entire career uh just just shooting spot up shots uh, he's not that great of a shooter at least not yet has the potential uh, to be a much better three-point shooter but not yet he's got to add something the defensive versatility is nice and whatnot but check out this out 18 points five assists 5 11 shoot from the field yes yeah, all right oh of three from three-point range okay so what eight of 11 from the free throw line is what stood out to me eight of 11 David Roddy because David Roddy has the size, the frame of a guy who can get downhill. And if you watch the game, a lot of it was him attacking the basket, uh, getting there strong with the ball. And David Roddy's a big dude. So team, he's going to get hit. I know I told, I've said it on here before about conversations I've had with him in the past about, you know, he feels like because he's a big guy, sometimes he doesn't get, you know, the same calls as, as smaller players. And yeah, that, that is, you know, the downside of being bigger than a lot of guys who are guarding you. But David Roddy taking advantage of that is going to be the next evolution to me uh, for him as an offensive basketball player. He is bigger than a lot of these guys, and he can get downhill. Now, the other side of that, if you want me to talk about the negative side, is David Roddy isn't necessarily the quickest guy in the world. So when he's playing against elite defenders, he's probably not going to be able to just beat them off the dribble. Even in this calf game, he – Got a couple I would call bailout type calls where he got downhill, but he didn't have an angle of getting to the rim and he just throw the ball up and, you know, they'd hit him and foul him and whatnot. But that won't happen against better NBA defenders who are just better at moving their feet and being in better position. So, again, that is going to be the next evolution for David Roddy, just taking advantage of that size advantage that he's going to have pretty much probably every night. Uh, Jake Moravia, I won't touch too much on it because I've said the same thing over and over. Yes, he shot 5 of 14 uh, from the field, but he took 12 three-pointers, and he was 5 of 12 from three-pointers. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 41.7%. 5 of 12 from three-point range. Uh, quite frankly, if, if Jake Moravia is chugging 12 threes and making five, imagine that if you got John Morant, Desmond Bain on the floor, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams clobbing up all the offensive rebounds in the world. And you got Jake Laravia at small forward knocking down five of 12 threes. I don't have to say too much more. Next, <laughs> next, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr.'s consistency is, is, has stood out to me from the standpoint of 
Another night, 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, playmaking stands out again. Had four steals. And after the game, I kind of wanted to talk about his defense a little bit. Coach wasn't buying it. Uh, Potapinko, uh, you know, just felt like the team struggled as a whole. He didn't want to single out uh, Ken Lofton Jr. I get it. But four steals from him, which goes to my point. Very active hands. Uh, you can talk about, yes, he's not above the above the, the rim type guy. He got one block. He's not going to be meeting guys at the rim too often. But he kind of makes up for uh, his ability to get steals. It reminds me of DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is probably better at taking charges. Haven't really seen uh, Junior take too many charges. But DeMarcus Cousins had real good hands, you know, in the prime of his career, which allowed him to be such an effective center uh, because he wasn't, you know, jumping up and meeting guys at the rim, so to speak. He was never the most athletic guy from that perspective. But he would get his hands on a lot of basketballs, and uh, that's something that Kenneth Lofton Jr. has done a real good job of as well. So, again, those three guys, what they did really stood out to me. We'll talk more about G.G. Jackson, Jacob Gilliard. Uh, we got to really dive in on Jacob Gilliard real soon too because his roster spot is a, is a big one. And uh, some of you may think he's holding the fort real good. Some of you may think that's one that can open up. We're going to talk about that uh, later in a future episode of Locked on Grizzlies. But in this episode of Locked on Grizzlies, we got to talk about one more trade. Uh, the Dylan Brooks signing trade wasn't the only recent Grizzlies trade. I'm going to talk about that coming up next on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here in Memphis, Tennessee. And we're breaking down the trades. We're breaking down the games. And now we got to break it down this pick swaps deal uh, between the Grizzlies and the Suns probably didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I think this was a smart move. It's one of those moves could be something could be nothing. So let's get to the why at the end of the day, I said it earlier. This is one of those trades you for me, I had to look at what this did for the Suns to really understand what it can do for the Grizzlies, if that makes sense. Uh, the Grizzlies traded three second-round picks for two pick swaps. The, the first thing you should know about pick swaps is their swaps, meaning uh, if the team that you want to swap with, the Suns in this case, if they end up with a better record than you, then you're probably not going to swap. Uh, because you're gonna be, they're gonna be lower in the draft order. So you're basically betting on yourself to have a better record uh, than that team. And the years that the Grizzlies did first round pick swaps with the Suns, it's 2024 and 2030. We'll get to why that's important later. But let's get back to the three second round picks. Uh, the Suns, in recent trades, to acquire Kevin Durant, uh, to acquire Bradley Beal, they've pretty much just dished out all of their draft capital. First round picks, second round picks. So getting three second rounders from the Grizzlies kind of helps the Suns replenish that. Uh, and the three second rounders, 2025, 2028, 2029. Uh, so the 2025 one is via the Pelicans. So the Grizzlies will still have their pick, but they give 2028, 2029. The pick swaps, 2024 and 2030. The first thing you should know about these pick swaps is this. The Suns, in a separate deal with the Washington Wizards, already agreed to pick swaps in 2024 and 2030 with <laughs> the Washington Wizards. So this is a 
the Suns agreeing to another pick swap with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, the Suns agreeing to another pick swap with the Grizzlies, excuse me, uh, in the same years. Stick with me because this is about to get real complicated. This is some 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 real, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you made in chemistry, but this, this reminds me of one of those complicated physics equations. But anyway, anyways, let's break it down. So basically, it's a three-team pick swap. And the Grizzlies, in this case, get second preference behind the Wizards. So let's say the Suns, between the three teams, 2024, this is the upcoming draft, right? First-round pick swaps. If the Suns just have a terrible season, I mean, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant get hurt, and Bradley Beal is having to carry a team full of scrubs. Uh, They have a terrible season. And they finish with a top five pick in the draft. If that's the case for Phoenix, the Wizards finish with a better record. And let's say the Wizards end up with the 10th pick in the draft. And the Grizzlies have a successful season. They end up picking 24th, 25th. Let's say those are your standard numbers. In that case, the Grizzlies would get the 10th pick. They would get the Wizards pick. And the Wizards would move up and get the Suns' top five pick. So there's a potential that the Wizards' pick could be rerouted to the Grizzlies because of these pick swaps. Because at the end of the day, the Suns agreed to pick swaps with two teams, meaning the Suns could move back twice in the draft from this. The Grizzlies are now looped into this, and they could end up with the Wizards' pick. That's how this works out. It's very complicated, but... In the simplest form, if the Suns have a worse record than the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies have a chance to attain the pick swap. Uh, It's that simple. If the Suns have a a worse record, because I'm just going to go out on a limb. Looking at the the Wizards roster, and look, hey, man, I like like Tyus Jones, like Jordan Poole, like Kyle Kuzma, but they ain't about to do a lot of winning over there. (laughs) Not yet, at least. Not about to be a lot of winning over there in DC. So not really protect, protecting, like predicting them to, to be a team that's gonna be high up in the playoff standings. But the Suns and the Grizzlies should be. So the Grizzlies are betting on themselves with this 2024 pick, basically saying we're gonna finish with a better record than the Suns, or hoping that they're gonna finish with a better record than the Suns. And if that's the case, the Grizzlies get to move up. They get to move up. And that pick swap, it's going to be minor probably, but it could make a difference. Now, the real potential gem is the 2030 pick swap. That's the real gem in this one. It's the real gem for Washington, really. But it could be a gem for the Grizzlies, too. For every reason that we just outlined. Uh, Washington has first dibs, basically. And in 2030, uh, that's what? Seven years from now, Kevin Durant will be in his 40s. So probably won't be in the NBA anymore. Uh, Bradley Beal will be in his late 30s, I think. Uh, Bradley Beal's just turned 30. So he'll be 36 going on 37 37 at that time. So uh, Bradley Beal will be either at the end of his career or he'll be he'll been Ended, ended his career as well. Devin Booker probably will still be in a decent part of his career where he's still an all-star caliber player at that point. But at the end of the day, 
the Suns don't have much draft capital or resources to put around uh, Devin Booker going forward. Their resources are DeAndre Aiden. Their resources are Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal going forward. Everything else around those guys is going to train drastically in the next four years. So with that being said, when you get to 2030, the Suns are probably going to suck real bad. Like, it's it's hard for me to see that team being good uh, when you get to 2030. Since the Suns are probably going to be bad, let's say they're top five pick bad, the Wizards are just going to be licking their chops because if the Wizards win, win decently, that's a pick swap that's just easy pick swap where they should get a lottery pick in that case, and it's nothing the Suns can do about it. How does that affect the Grizzlies? Is the Grizzlies core is very young, young. Ja, Dez, Jaren, those guys will probably still be around in Memphis at that point, or Memphis will still probably be competitive. They should be, at least. The Wizards are the other team. And again, I like what the Wizards are building over there. I think Jordan, Jordan Poole is probably the first real foundational piece. I don't consider Kyle Kuzma. I mean, I know a lot of people in Grizzly Nation were. Uh, high on Kyle Kuzma, or whatever, but uh, I don't, I don't consider him like a franchise cornerstone. He's a great, like great, great player, but not a guy who I think is like, oh, this is this can be your number two on a championship team. So with that being said, I think the Wizards still need to find those pieces that are going to put them into the playoff hunt consistently. And until I see that, because right now I don't think they have. Until I see that, I'm going to say the Wizards are a team. That could potentially be in the lottery as well. Which means, if you look at it at 2030, the Suns pick may be in the lottery. The Wizards pick may be in the lottery. And yeah, this is a long way from now. Who knows what happens? Like, every guy that I just named on the Suns may end up getting traded to D.C. You, you just never know. Like, LeBron might be 47 years old playing with those guys. Uh, you, you never know. But anyways, the point is, I'm just projecting based on current roster layout, uh, young cores and whatnot. And the Wizards right now don't entice me as a team with the greatest future in the world. If the Wizards and the Suns are in the lottery and the Grizzlies potentially are being competitive because they'll still likely have, you know, Jaron Jadez core at that point, unless things just aren't going good. Uh, there's a chance for the Grizzlies to, to earn something with that pick swap and potentially jump from what the mid twenties, maybe the late twenties, or the early 20s and jump up into the lottery. So, again, it's 2030. It's not, not much of anything, but it's a pick swap. We got to talk about it because it's going to be relevant one day, and you're going to say, you know what? I remember that pick swap that Michael was talking about, and it became relevant for the Grizzlies, but it's going to be relevant in 2024 first. We'll see what happens. You never know what happens. Like, injuries can change in an entire season. Suns might be bad. Wizards might be bad. And the Grizzlies could be in position to end up with a pretty good pick swap. We'll see how all of that plays out. But I want to thank you again for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies today. Make sure you continue to tune in to Locked On Grizzlies because we got a lot to talk about for the rest of this week. Got to break down uh, Josh Christopher, the newest Grizzly. What does he bring to the table? Can he impact this roster uh, as well? And is he a potential player who has staying power on this roster past the preseason? We're going to talk about all of that coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. But thank you guys for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies today. Really appreciate you. And remember, Locked On Grizzlies is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, I'm DeMichael Cole, and we'll see you on Locked On.